beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I made this episode for me, but I hope that you take something from it too. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. The last eight weeks, the last two months have been some of the absolute busiest of my life. And I do not wear that like a badge. I do not worship at the altar of busy at all. In fact, this is not the way that I want to live it is circumstantial and we all have these seasons that are circumstantially busier than others. And I've found myself after the first, I don't know, maybe six weeks, really doing well. (laughs) Like I was really doing great for a while. I loved the work I was doing I was managing to juggle the to-do list. I was really feeling productive and a lot of forward motion. And then I hit a wall maybe three weeks ago. I hit a wall of overwhelm. It's not that I was less productive or making it through the to-do list any less or worse than I had been. It's just a person can only live at level 10 for so long. And eventually you do hit a wall, like emotionally or just productivity wise or whatever. And for me, I definitely, definitely came to that end. And for me, that didn't mean that I stopped 
all the things. One can't usually stop all the things. It meant that I changed modes into like this constant state of overwhelm. And for me, living in a state of overwhelm is actually harder in some ways than living busy. Overwhelm feels like I'm drowning. It feels like it's always going to be like this. Overwhelm feels like I'm inadequate. I can't get it done. I can't get my head above these emotional waters. It makes me feel like I'm failing or just about to fail when I am having a feeling of overwhelm. And sometimes for me, this is going hand in hand with my anxiety, which is a mental health thing. And overwhelm is most often for me a circumstantial thing, but they absolutely trigger one another. And it can be really paralyzing. Now, for me, the overwhelm was primarily about my to-do list. It was really circumstantial in that way of like, there is too much to do. I simply cannot do it all. And so that, you know, leads to a feeling of overwhelm. There have been other seasons where overwhelm is not about a to-do list, but it is about emotional overwhelm. There's too much happening to process. So I think back to the beginning of the pandemic when the to-do list was cut in half because suddenly we were all at home and everything looked really different. But the emotional overwhelm was crushing at times because we were really trying to keep up with the information, process the emotions, juggle a lot of change. That was a different sort of overwhelm. And I know that there are all kinds of different sorts of overwhelm and seasons of overwhelm and what that might look like for you. And it's definitely not always a to-do list. So whatever your season of overwhelm that you're in currently or that you anticipate might be coming or that you're looking back at and thinking about in the past, whatever your season of overwhelm, I hope that these 10 things I'm going to share with you today are helpful. I had to sit down with myself to make this list and figure out like, how can I not feel this way? Because an afternoon of overwhelm, a weekend of overwhelm, when you really do have a lot of tasks or a lot of emotions, that's just life. Like, that's just life. Overwhelm happens, just like grumpy moods happen and all kinds of things just happen. So does overwhelm. But for me, what made it like a reason to sit down and try to claw my way out of this was because it went on for like 10 days or more. And that feels really helpless. That's when I start to not feel like myself, when I'm not showing up to meetings and with my family as my actual self. I really noticed it in a Zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago when I was like, I'm struggling to smile on this Zoom meeting because I can't feel my normal emotions. Like I was in such a state of overwhelm that I was almost like numb and just like kind of slowly shutting down. And I couldn't even do that social etiquette nicety thing that we all sometimes do, even when we're feeling something different inside ourselves. I couldn't even do that when I could not smile on the Zoom call. And this was one of the wake up calls for me that I was like, something has to give. Even knowing that it was circumstantial and that I wasn't going to feel overwhelmed 
forever. This was a hopefully temporary state of productivity I was dealing with. When it goes on for enough time where you are starting to lose yourself and lose your emotions, either you're numbing out or you're overreacting. Sometimes I do that instead. Instead of feeling numb, I'm like overly angry and snappy at the kids or whatever. Whenever you get so off balance for more than whatever you deem an acceptable amount of time, which for me is, I don't know, more than a couple of days, I guess, I realize that something has to change. That even if the temporary situation or emotion isn't going to be forever, I also don't want to live another day like this. So I'm going to share these 10 things that I brought to myself, this list that I made for myself to get out of this feeling of overwhelm. And I hope that some of these resonate with you in some way. Like you're probably not going to do all 10. I think it would be impossible to do all 10 on your best day, let alone on an overwhelming day. But I hope that one of these sort of sticks with you as a tool that you can bring out to use the next time that you're overwhelmed. And then, of course, I always want to say, if you are living in a perpetual state of overwhelm, and if that feels like a mental health crisis, if that feels like an unsafe situation at home or at work, that requires a lot more than these sort of 10 quicker fixes that I'm going to share with you, please do call a professional, call a therapist, call a friend, a doctor, whatever needs to help you in a more serious situation. But what I'm talking about is the waves of life overwhelm that come to all of us, maybe, you know, a few times a year and in which I am in one right this second. So the first thing that I want to share is what can you remove from your plate? And this seems like the most obvious thing, right? Like if there's too many things happening, some things have to go. But what usually happens, at least in my life, is that the things that get removed from my plate, it wasn't planned. Like it just doesn't seem to happen. It just never works out. I inadvertently drop that ball or, you know, something that isn't intentional. It is probably going to work better and make me feel like less of a mess if I can intentionally remove some things from my plate. So this can be like a quick fix, like dinner. Like I had a big plan to make dinner. I thawed some meat from the freezer, whatever. I had a big plan. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen tonight. We are going to order pizza. That is something that I can remove from my plate that will give me an extra 30, 45 minutes of finishing a task or resting and resetting by taking some time to myself with a walk or a book or whatever instead of cooking dinner in this frenetic pace. That's not going to be everyone's choice. Meals are important, all of those things. But that can be like an immediate fix of like, I am not going to do something today that I intended to do. Or it can be like a bigger picture, depending on what your level of overwhelm is, a bigger picture thing that you can remove from your plate. I'm going to step back from this volunteer opportunity. I don't know, whatever in your life you can choose to be like, I'm taking this off temporarily or permanently in order to address this other big feeling that I have, this overwhelm. 
And for me last year, like a perfect example was I put this podcast on hiatus. I didn't even know how much of a hiatus it would be or if it would be permanent, but I took this weekly show that I loved very much, that was doing well, that was getting done. But when I looked at all the things on my plate at the end of 2021 and knew that something had to give for a variety of reasons, I removed the podcast from my plate. It was the thing that was taking the most time, the most mental energy, and was a little bit more removable from the plate than other things that I was in contract with or that I can't ever remove, like being a mom or being a wife. And so when I had to make that choice, that's what came up for me. And then you know what happened? Clearly, because you're listening to this, when I got in a better place, I got my book written. I did some mental health work. I rested. I got in some really good important family time, like enough shifted in my life that after a little bit less than a year, I was able to add this podcast back into my life, which I really wanted to do. I had missed it. It was a big part of my business. I had shifted enough things to be able to put it back on. And that was such a lesson to me. All parts of this were a lesson to me. Taking the podcast off my plate and then being able to put it back on taught me such a life lesson of that we can pause things or quit things. And then we can also return to them. We can change our mind. And I feel like this is not a lesson that people teach very much. People are like, you know, your word is your word. Your commitment is your commitment. You either do it or you don't. If you change your mind about a pretty big decision like this. You're going to look wishy-washy. You're going to lose your credibility. And I had all of those fears. Of course, I felt like I was going to look like a flaky pants that I was stopping a successful project. And then surprise, I was going to bring it back later. I had all of those thoughts of like, what if this is not the right choice? How does this make me look from a reputation standpoint? Or, you know, what is this teaching my kids or my listeners or myself. And all of that was for naught, really. I needed to remove it from my plate and I wanted to add it back in. And I was able to do both of those things. So as you're looking at overwhelm in a big picture or a small picture, don't be afraid of making some of those choices that you need to stop something or you want to return to something. I think we get way too much in our head about that very thing of how people are going to view these decisions, how we're going to feel. It doesn't always have to be about the big picture. Sometimes it does, but sometimes we're all doing the best we can. And sometimes that means we make choices, we change our mind on choices. So the first thing about dealing with overwhelm, the first thing that I'm looking at, that I looked at for myself, that I'm asking you to look at is what can I remove from my plate. It seems simple. It can be life-changing. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five 
1,000 distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. The second one, number two, when you are feeling overwhelmed, is get a small win. Now, this is huge for me. To get a small win, just a few small things like, oh, I was able to do this. I was able to check this box off my to-do list. Some of the smaller things, this gets you a lot of momentum. It makes you feel a little more secure or productive or like you're getting less overwhelmed because you're you know, sort of eliminating some things or you're feeling less down on yourself, anything like that. Getting a small win has so much momentum to it and it can change your whole energy because now you're feeling a little bit energized. Like, oh, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to do the next thing, right? And then you start to have this forward momentum that really does matter. Here's my caveat though to getting small wins, which are huge for me. Don't only get the small wins. You have to attack the bigger projects at some point. And it is a procrastination tool when you're only checking off these smaller boxes. So it's a balance between getting a small win so that you feel like there's forward momentum. You feel like, you know, you're you're clearing space, you're clearing the fog of the overwhelm, you're actually getting stuff done, but it can really backfire. This has happened to me a lot where I'm only getting small wins. I get that email done. I, you know, get the kitchen clean. I like do these small things that I needed to do. They were on my to-do list. They're part of life. It makes me feel better and not like I'm just being paralyzed to have done them. But then when I get to the end of the day and I never got to the big thing, 
the overwhelm cycle starts up all over again. And then I start beating myself up like, oh, what did you do all day? You did all this stupid stuff. You didn't actually do the thing that you were meant to do. The thing that is causing all the overwhelm because it's such a big project or it's such an important to do on your list. You settled only for those small wins. So it really is a balance. And in fact, I'm using this language specifically as get a small win, as in like one, one or two small wins. And then you have to attack whatever the thing is that is looming, a work project, cleaning out the garage or the closet or whatever is overwhelming you, dealing with the emotional thing. If you just push it to the side and push it to the side, this big thing that's happening that you really need to take some emotional time to process, or you really need to have the hard conversation or anything that's happening with a big emotional thing that's overwhelming you. If you just keep pushing it to the side because you're wanting to get these smaller wins over and over again, that big elephant in the room is going to stay in the room. It's not going anywhere. So the full part of number two is get a small win, but don't put off the big stuff. Get a small win, but don't put off the big stuff. Actually chipping away at whatever the big project is or facing the big emotional thing, chipping away at the big thing that is looming, that is what it's really going to matter. But it's those small wins that really get the ball rolling. Okay, number three. Number three, when you are overwhelmed, I cannot overstate this enough. You must change up your environment. You must get out of the house, get out of the room, put on a different music, light a candle, turn the TV off, get outside, go for a drive in your car. Take a lunch break that means leaving your cubicle. Any of those things that will change up your environment, as we all know, can change everything. can change your day, your mood, your perspective. If you are hunkered down in some sort of work thing that really just, you can't see straight, you're not thinking in a straight fashion, you're not making good decisions, you got to get up and take a lap. You got to walk around the block, preferably like do something else entirely for like an hour. Don't walk around the block and think about the problem. That's better than nothing, I guess, because you are changing up your environment. But I like to change up my environment entirely and like do something else. Watch 30 minutes of a show, read a book, go pick up my kids and, and have a family interaction for an hour so that when you come back, to whatever it is that's overwhelming you, you have a different perspective. You've really shifted and changed up your energy. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a light bulb moment. I mean, light bulb moments are, by and large, like few and far between. Changing up your environment or doing any of these things that we're talking about does not mean you're going to have a major revelation. You're just doing things slowly and purposefully to shift the energy of overwhelm. What you're trying to do is get yourself out of this feeling that you're never going to feel any different, that this is the new normal. That's what overwhelm feels like for me, emotionally or logistically. I just start to feel like I'm never going to feel free of this again, ever. 
I am overwhelmed and I cannot get my head above water. When you change up your environment in a small way or big way, small way for me is turning on music, lighting a candle. If you can't physically leave the environment that you're in, your room, your house, whatever, change it up enough so that you're getting new smells and sounds and thoughts, like a fresh energy. Open the window and let the air blow through. Anything like that that is really changing the environment. That's a small change. A bigger change is literally leaving wherever you are, doing something different for like an hour, if at all possible. Just completely changing up your environment can make you come back to the original environment and feel like, okay, I see this a little different. I can face whatever I need to. I've kind of shaken it out. And that's all you need, right? Is just that one change in environment. That was number three. Number four, do something to release the emotion from your body. So as we've talked about a lot here, because I really believe so deeply in the mind-body connection, as we have read about in books like The Body Keeps the Score and Burnout, you know, we have talked about all these things. Emotion gets trapped in your body. It just does. And releasing it can really help you to truly think more clearly, to clear that fog, to help you make better decisions, to make you in a better mood. If you can release this energy, this whatever this emotion is, if it's overwhelm, which is my primary emotion right now, or if it's sadness or insecurity or anger, it will really help you to release this emotion in your body. There's so many ways that you can do this. In the book Burnout, which I highly recommend, they call it completing the stress cycle, which is a great way to think about it too. If you've been stressed and then you don't really release that stress in some way, it just sort of compounds the stress, which is similar to what I'm talking about with overwhelm, right? So ways that you can release the emotion that's trapped in your body First of all, you can literally do something very simple like jumping jacks, a mini dance party right there where you are. You don't have to go anywhere to do this. You can jump up and down. You can like wave your arms around. You can go jump on a trampoline if you have it. You can do any sort of cardio, but you don't have to think about it as exercise. I don't think of this as exercise, even though people who work out a lot This is sort of part of their constant resetting of the stress cycle and goody for them. But that is not me. So when I need to release and complete the stress cycle or just get some emotion out of my body, I do it in a much quicker way. Like truly jumping jacks are my friend. I do windmills with my hands. I love a dance party. It doesn't have to be traditional cardio or exercise. And it also doesn't have to be that many minutes. For me, I'm talking about like five minutes or less. One good, great song that I truly dance it out to can make a huge difference in my day. It has released some of that pent up emotion. It has stretched my legs. It has like, let me feel myself in my body. Because remember that numbness that we were talking about? I think a lot of us live so much in our head, we aren't paying that much attention 
to our body. We're all in our head. This is how I get. When I do something like a dance party, jump on my kid's trampoline, jumping jacks, I remember, oh, yes, I have a body. I am here in my body. It's all connected. It moves some of that crazy, chaotic energy from my head, from overthinking all the time. It moves it down through. It literally gets my blood pumping. And that can make an enormous difference to you. So that is number four. Do something to release the emotion from your body. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Okay, number five, you are just absolutely not going to be surprised to hear about because this is something I talk about all the time. Number five is sit in silence. Sit in silence and don't be scared to sit in silence. I know that when I mention this, I talk about this on Instagram a lot about sitting in silence. First of all, people are like, why? Or that's not going to do anything. Or I would never. There is some trepidation about sitting in silence. And there's also maybe some like shoulder shrugging that that's really going to do anything. If you do it, report back to me because you will see what it does. I set my timer almost every single day. I set my timer on my phone for five minutes in the mornings, and I literally just sit there. Now, I like to say that this isn't meditation because it's not traditional meditation, but it is really sort of a type of meditation. For me, probably the first three minutes of any five-minute silent period is just chaos. In my brain, it is just chaos. I am thinking of a to-do list. I am thinking that I feel sore or hungry or tired or my clothes are itchy or, you know, I just am having a million thoughts all at once because that's how my brain works. It is multitasking all the time, all the different things that it needs to think about. And those three minutes are no exception. I'm also sort of panicking that I'm just sitting there in some ways like, oh, this is stupid or, oh, I have too much to do to be doing this or all those thoughts that also like are second guessing what you're even doing with the dadgum five minute timer, all of that happens at least the first few minutes. 
And then finally, I sort of relax into it. And the last two minutes are a lot more peaceful. Sometimes it's even just the last minute or 30 seconds. It takes me that long to get there. And if I have more than five minutes to spend doing this, I will. But you know, for beginners, if you're not used to this, if you're trying to crawl out of overwhelm, five minutes is plenty for you to understand what happens in this time. We are so used to being stimulated. We are so used to having a podcast on, the TV on in the background, music going, our kids or pets or coworkers chattering at us. It is almost revolutionary to sit in silence. It really is. And when I do it, even though I do this almost daily, it is always a surprise to me that it takes my brain a few minutes to settle. I still have not trained it enough to know like, okay, this is what we're doing. Settle down. You're stuck here. You got four minutes and 30 seconds left. My brain still is chaos until it calms itself. And in those last minutes or two, I can just breathe And I usually breathe a little bit better in that last minute than I did before, like a little looser. My chest expands just a fraction of an inch more. I might have a novel thought come into my head, a unique thought that pops into my head that was really getting buried among all the chaotic thoughts I think all the time. The to-do list, mom life, pet life, home life. All the things that are a constant chatter of what to do and the many distractions that I engage in all day, scrolling through my phone, having, you know, something playing in the background that is stimulating and occupying my mind. Some of the more unique thoughts, sometimes it's intuition, sometimes it's just an original idea, those get lost in all that other surface level chaos. It takes me being silent for many minutes for that thought to rise to the surface. And when you are feeling overwhelmed, so you're having a lot of thoughts probably, even if you're numbed out, you're feeling a lot of thoughts, emotions, things are going through your head. Sitting with that five minutes, having a unique thought float to the surface It might be the key that unlocks a few things. It might whisper to you what to do next. It might give you the solution to a problem that you have been surface level going round and round in. It might tell you to sit there for another five minutes. And then I hope you obey that. I believe so deeply in the five minutes of silence That even though I preach it all the time, even though it is something that I actively do, I still try to slide it into these episodes as much as possible because I don't want people to think it's a whole meditation journey. They have to learn all about meditation before they can sit in five minutes. Nor do I want people to feel like it's worthless. Like I really think this very simple thing that we can all do that's free and can really change everything for you is to sit in five minutes of silence. So here I am sneaking it again into an episode because I really want you to try it. That was number five, sit in silence. Number six, this works for me, might work for you. Take a shower, take a shower or a bath, whatever your cleansing ritual of choice is. 
find the water. Maybe you've seen that meme that goes around. It's aimed at parents, the one that I have seen. That's sort of like if your kid is really melting down, if you're on the struggle bus with your kiddos, find the water. Either put them in a bath, put them in the pool, give them a glass of water to drink. Hydration is so important. There's sort of this find the water. I don't know if that's the phrase, but you know what I mean? Meme that goes around. I totally relate to that, which is why it has stuck in my mind for years and years. But for me, taking a shower is the biggest way to clear my head. I don't know if it's the warmth of the shower, if it's, you know, water coming down. I don't know if it's because you're naked in the shower. I don't know what it is about the shower that we get our best ideas there. You know, we have our problem-solving moments oftentimes in the shower. And so when you are overwhelmed, it feels like I do not have time to go like take a shower. I certainly do not have time to wash my hair or do all the showery things. Sometimes you just need to get in there and stand under the water to have a complete reset. It calms you down. There's probably something scientific about it. It really does calm you down and again, clears a little bit of your brain. Literally just this morning, I sent a somewhat frantic Voxer message to my business mastermind. I was having a bit of a work emergency. I use the word emergency lightly. It wasn't a true emergency, but I was having a work snafu, let's say. And I sent kind of a crazy Voxer message. Voxer is an app that I use daily. Voice message, just sort of outlining the problem and saying to them, I can't think straight. I'm really like struggling to make a decision on this thing that's happened. Can you just talk me through it or listen to me talk through it and give me some feedback? I left the Voxer message. I got in the shower because it was in the morning. It wasn't a shower reset. It was a shower for my day. <laughs> but I got in the shower, did my shower thing, got out of the shower 10 minutes later or whatever, and I had come up with the solution sort of on my own. Now, they had voxed back some affirming language, made me feel good about my decision. But I said to them even, okay, I just got out of the shower and I came to the same conclusion that y'all are now reflecting back to me. So I felt really good about it. But I wondered if I hadn't sent that frantic box and I had just gotten in the shower, let myself relax, come to a decision, you know, then I wouldn't have brought anyone else into my chaos with me. But I knew I was going to record this episode today. And I realized even as I was doing it, like, this is exactly what I need to remind myself of is that sometimes when you get in the shower and you just let yourself relax, which is not all that different than the five minutes of silence, only a shower involves like warm water and bubbles. So a little bit of a different experience, but sort of the mechanism of it is the same. You are letting yourself purposefully relax so that a calm or a solution or an idea will come to you. And that is sometimes something that has to be forced. Yes, we sometimes have aha moments just randomly, but if they're not coming randomly, if you have been living in this state of overwhelm, you're going to have to put yourself in a situation to listen to your intuition, to let the ideas come, to let a solution present itself. And for me, this is silence or a shower. So that was number six, take a shower. Number seven kind of goes along with all of this, I'm realizing, but these are all things that have helped me and continue to help me. Number seven is use really slow movements. So this is something that I actually 
tend towards more in an anxious moment than in one of overwhelm when I'm having a lot of anxiety in my life. And I don't mean like a acute panic attack. I mean like I'm sort of living with the low hum of anxiety, which like I said, goes hand in hand sometimes for me with overwhelm. When I am in those states, in those seasons, in those weeks, I use really slow movements. Like literally, I go slow. This is what I mean. Going down the steps in my house, I go like one step at a time. Just that slow, truly. One step at a time. When I am brushing my hair, I am going slowly. When I am washing the dishes, I am slowly rinsing them. This is a mindfulness technique, and I am all about mindfulness. But your brain and heart and spirit will follow your movements. So when your movements are chaotic and rushed, and you're rinsing the dishes, and you're brushing your hair really quickly, and you're running down the stairs, and you're rush, rush, rushing, or you're trying to get a bunch of stuff done in a very short amount of time, you're multitasking, you're yelling at the kids while packing the backpacks, like all the things. When you are moving at that pace, like physically moving at that pace, your body, your brain is following that. So your brain feels chaotic. Your brain feels rushed. Your spirit feels messy. When you purposely go slow, even in hard times, even when you feel like you can't afford the minutes to go slow, because you are in a hurry. Things do need to be done when you go really slow. And I don't mean you're going to go slow for two weeks. Like I mean, you're going to take an hour, just take the next few minutes in front of you and go really slow. Your brain follows. You start to have a sense of calm that wasn't there before. It literally slows your heart rate, literally. Your brain starts to slow. Sometimes there's a misalignment. Your brain is still moving fast. Your body is moving slow. But I promise they do come together. There is like a matchup and you feel a relief. It is such a relief to slow down your brain and your heart and your body. The first few times you do this, it might not feel like a relief because you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm like wasting time. I'm supposed to be in a hurry. This isn't peak optimized self, but it is, is the thing. Your slower self lets you be more present. It lets you remember who you are. It lets you work from a place of heart and core instead of a place of overthinking chaos. We think that we're so good at multitasking, and sometimes we are. I'm sure most of us are sometimes, but it often comes at a cost right? Like things are not getting done best because they're being done at the same time as something else. And we also sometimes when we get done with a multitasking moment, feel like everything is vibrating at like a different frequency. It's the opposite of calm, right? And so when you force your body to physically go slow, take one step at a time, put on your socks slowly and with intention, whatever it is that you're doing, Your mind slows and follows. And that is what you want, is you want a calm state of mind and heart. Because from that place, you will be your better self. 
you will make better decisions. You will have better connections with others, not from a place of chaos and not from the numbing feeling of overwhelm, but from a place of presence and intention. And for me, this requires physically slowing down my body. So that was number seven, use really slow movements. Number eight, this is a little bit related to this. And I think you'll see why, even though it's different, but it's related. Number eight is pay attention to what you're taking in. So when I am in any sort of imbalanced state, I have to pay attention to the type of podcasts I'm listening to, what's on the TV, the type of music is playing in the house, the type of shows I watch before bed, the books I'm reading. I listen to a lot of stuff or read or whatever like that has dark themes. Y'all know this about me. I like dark, deep, psychological, horror, twisty things. That is my entertainment of preference. And sometimes this doesn't matter. I'm, you know, maybe a little bit less sensitive to that type of content than other people are because I take it in so often. But when I am in some kind of a, a really imbalanced state, I have to be mindful of it. When I am listening to doom and gloom politics podcasts, when I'm on Twitter too much and it is snarky and like a tone that is the opposite of like loving and calm and peaceful and optimistic, it's none of those positive words. When I'm taking in things that are primarily described in negative words, that's going to affect me. Now, not when I'm in my best state and I like those things as entertainment or I can take in those things as information and filter them through the healthiest version of Lara. Fine. Great. I love Twitter. I love horror novels. But when I am in not a great state, those things really do affect my mental state. They affect my sleep, which then affects my mental health. They affect how I speak to others. If I've been online too much, and you'll see this in your kids too. I know I see it in mine. If I've been online too much, you know, I get a little bit snarkier than I am naturally because that's kind of what I see in my feeds. Of course, you can cultivate your feed so that you're only seeing love and light, but I don't think that's real life either. <laughs> However, you still can be very mindful of when you need to mute someone or unfollow someone or press stop on the podcast or put that book down for right now or, you know, watching that show at night is just not doing your mental health any favors. Just pay attention to it. You don't have to quit it all cold turkey, especially if it's something that brings you joy in some ways, but just pay attention is the pace at which this podcast I'm listening to, if they're talking too fast, if their tone kind of makes me feel icky, just notice and turn it off. Put on something else that is going to change your vibe. So that is number eight, pay attention to what you're taking in. Number nine, the most obvious of anything when you're overwhelmed is make a plan. So I didn't lead with that because it's a little bit like obvious that you might if you're overwhelmed, especially in a logistic way, that you might sit down and make a list and make a plan, right? Like it seems like, of course, that is step one. However, sometimes we miss the most obvious steps. I was feeling very overwhelmed with some of my work, 
mostly book launch stuff that's coming up. There's a lot on the to-do list for the next couple of months. But I sat down with my team, actually for the first time in person, I hosted my podcast team, Colleen, my longtime podcast producer, Caroline, who's been my operations manager for a while. I flew them out to Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago so that we could have our very first sort of in-person work retreat and bonding time. And it was great. However, we're facing a lot of to-dos this spring. And so it took us hours. I mean, it probably took us three hours to sit down and make a real plan for when things are due, who's doing what task. Like it's a fairly detailed plan that we need to execute over the next couple of months. But I will tell you, we started off that day, that meeting, all a little bit wide-eyed, all pretty overwhelmed with what we were facing and not sure how we were going to make this work. It felt like we were going to have to, step one, remove things off of our plates, like we just can't possibly do all of this stuff. But when we sat there and made a real plan, by the end of it, we all were like, this is doable, actually. It's still a lot of work. It's still going to take a lot of effort. But you could almost like feel the tangible sigh of relief when everyone knew what their role was, what their responsibilities were, and the overall picture of what everyone was doing, what our ultimate mission was. It was an enormous sigh of relief among all three of us. It took a while. It took a whole morning to really suss out the details of that plan. But afterwards, we felt like we can do this. We were so empowered by our planning. And so I put it as number nine. It may very well be your number one. But the thing to do, one of the things to turn to when you are that overwhelmed is to make a plan. And then number 10, last one. This is one that I have been repeating to myself over and over again. It's not quite a mantra, but it is something that you need to just remind yourself. Number 10, when you are overwhelmed is Remind yourself it won't always be this way. Remind yourself that it will not always be this way. You can take that on into a pithier statement like, this too shall pass, or the best is yet to come, this is only temporary, you know, whatever your personality shapes this into. But for me, as I've already stated multiple times, part of the overwhelm and part of what keeps me under the water, so to speak, is feeling like I will never not feel this way. This is the new way I feel. And I feel that way because whatever the overwhelm is, if it's emotional, I feel like I will never not feel sad about this. I will never not feel devastated by this. Or if it's logistical, I feel like, well, this is the job. I took it on. I started it. It's never going to be any different because I got myself into this situation. You know, we do all this weird self-talk, or I do, that, you know, we sort of beat ourselves up over it and we can't see the light because of it. And we have to remind ourselves that emotionally, whatever we're going through or logistically, whatever is on our plate, it will not always be this way. It won't. This too shall pass is a saying because it is the ultimate truth. And so we have to remind ourselves of this and almost give ourselves, not a deadline, but like not keep it vague, I guess in the sense of emotional overwhelm, this is harder to define. But in some ways, if it's a logistical overwhelm or circumstantial overwhelm, for you to say, I will not feel this way, 
by the weekend, by the time I go to bed tonight, in April. This is not how I'm always going to feel. I have the power to change how I feel about this, either logistically or emotionally. And I may not have the strength or the ability to change my circumstances right now, but I will in the future. Something is going to give. It just is. This is how life works. And I will not always feel this way. And it is so important for me to remind myself of that. And I wonder if it's important for you to remind yourself of that and anyone around you who also feels down. It's hard when you're in a state of overwhelm. It's hard when you're by yourself and it's hard when others are in it with you. Someone needs to be the voice of reason and say, there are things within our power to change some of this or a part of this. And if not, it won't always be this way. It's just for right now. And for me, that is just the little crack of light that I need to feel better, at least moderately better, just an inch better. It's like the crack of light I need to remind myself, I will not always feel this way. I have to go through this. I am in this situation. This is happening, but it is not forever because nothing is forever. And that's All you need is just that crack of light, hopefully, to move forward and lift the fog, lift the circumstances of overwhelm just the tiniest bit so you can take a deeper breath and then do the next step. If you're listening to this, if you press play on this because you're currently in a state of overwhelm, well, high five, we're in this together, and also I'm sorry. If you are listening to this, just banking it for the future, which is I hope most of you Because one of the things that I've always learned is we have to learn these tools when we are in a state of health. You cannot go to therapy or learn how to better yourself when you're at the bottom of the barrel. You cannot. I mean, you can. People do. It is a way harder climb. When we are doing relatively well, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that's when we need to learn these tools so that we can pull them out when they're needed so that we can point other people towards them when they need them. So I hope this episode was helpful for you in some ways. Actually, just putting it together and sharing it with you truly helped my own overwhelm. I can hear it in my own voice. And this is why we share. This is why we have these tools and that we are able to talk about them and teach other people how to use them. It's my biggest message. Share your stuff. I've shared mine. I hope to hear from you this week as you're listening to this. I would love to hear what you do when you're in a state of overwhelm or if any one of these 10 things, which you'll be able to find, I'll post it on social media. I'll post it on 10thingstotellyou.com so that you can refer back to it. I would love to hear your own tools for when you are in a state of overwhelm. Thanks for listening, friends. Let's climb out of our fog together. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening. 